Welcome in everybody to the Puttcraft Podcast. This is an instant reaction for what happened this evening at the Dread Scott Open 2.0. Have a lot of thoughts and I wanted to get them out there. We will break down this event in, uh, in an upcoming podcast probably next week, but I wanted to do just like an instant reaction because so much happened. It was such an interesting night. It was, um, it was, uh, spectacular is such a weird word to use, uh, but I, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. And it was heartbreaking and it was breathtaking and it was, oh, there was so much that happened. I'm going to start by saying this. And when I do these, these are completely off the cuff. There is no notes for the most part. And um, so I'm just kind of riffing. As someone who puts on these events, these experiences, um, I can't, I can't have favorites. I can't play favorites. I can't cheer um, for anybody. And I think you know where I'm going with this. And it would be wrong for me to do so. And it would be unprofessional. And uh, that's not what I want to do. I want to be neutral. I want to simply put on the event. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't pulling for Josh tonight. Um, and in the interview that I did with Matt Rolstead, he even mentioned that as well, how he was pulling for Josh, um, who was in command for a majority of the night. This was Josh's 15th event. He has three top five finishes. Now he'll have four top five finishes. And here's the thing. He should have won the event. He didn't. And that's sport. That's the beauty of sport. Um, but you're going to, you kind of look at it and you say, oh, he was in, he was in eight stroke lead or he was up eight strokes over Matt Rolstead. He was five strokes up over Ben and John and, and he must have blown it, blown it, right? Well, he didn't actually, <laughs> he didn't blow it. <laughs> he had a 45 on the front nine. He had a 46 on the back nine, uh, 45 on the front 18, 46 on the back 18. And sure, his last four holes were bogey, bogey, par, double, right? So if you want to look at it that way, but if you look and I just posted on puckcraft.com uh, under the stats tab. Everybody struggled at the end of the hole or at the end of the course. How's this for a quick stat? Of the 14 times that hole 15, hole 16, hole 17, and hole 18 were played tonight, each, I should say 14 times each, that's 56 times total. Hole 15, 16, 17, 18, there was a total of one birdie. And that was by Matt Rolstead. The best score other than that was a par, right? And if, and if you look at the color grading of, of, of this event, it's, 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 it's kind of, uh, it's, it's red and green at the beginning. And then on nine, 10, 11, 12, and 13, it's all green basically. Uh, and then you get towards the end and it goes red and white again. Um, so I find that very fascinating that of the final four holes tonight, only one birdie took place. So Josh Benish went 45 on the front, 46 on the back. Every time he missed a putt, he would come back and bang it home the next one, right? There were so many situations where it was like, oh, is this where the wheels fall off? Is this where the wheels fall off? And it never happened. And I would argue, and I would, I think I would win this argument if you wanted to have it with me. Josh did not lose this event tonight. He didn't lose it, right? He went 45-46. He was 500 par. The Dreads got open 1.0 earlier this year. The winner was Matt Rolstead at 6 under par. 
And last year, if we go all the way back, I think Brady Storhoff won at two over par. At, no, four over par. Okay, so let me just say this. We could have this argument. I think I would win it. Josh Banish did not lose the Dred Scott Open tonight, despite the 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 lead that he had had. And I don't know exactly what it got up to. I'll, I'll, I'll have that ready for the podcast later this week. If it was five, I know it was at least five, but I believe it was more than that. I think, you know, he had six or seven or eight stroke leads at one point. He didn't lose it, right? Matt simply won it. And here's what happened. The previous course record was a 44. And if you look at the post that I put up earlier this week about the high scores, the best scores, excuse me, at Dred Scott, it was 44. Here, let me pull it up right now. Might as well. Here were the best scores coming into tonight at Dred Scott. Oh my goodness, I posted a lot this week. There it is. Okay. Um, Nick Noble, 44. Matt Wyman, 45. Two times. Sean Anderson, 45. Anthony Dunkel, 46. Tom Loftus, 46. Bill Brower, 46. Bo Brower, 46. Matt Rolstead had a 37 on the back 18 tonight. Not only was that a putcraft record by seven strokes, front runner for round of the year, but according to the manager at Dred Scott tonight, it was the course record at Dred Scott, period which um, surprised me a little bit, truthfully. And when you consider how long that course has been there, which is a long time. Um, so Matt Rolston, 37, again, seven strokes better than Nick Noble's 44 earlier this year. Let's go through the scores tonight. Just um, let's start there. Seventh place, Jamie Kolash with a 33 over par Sixth place, Dan Wesley, 23 over par. Fifth place, Brady Storhoff, 20 over par. Fourth place, Sean Brown, 4 over par. This has to be the widest gap between fourth and fifth in puttcraft history. 16 strokes. Ben uh, Brizzledon, 3 over par in his puttcraft debut. More on him in a bit. Josh Benish, uh, 5 under par um, in, again, his 15th event. And then Matt Roll said 6, excuse me. Josh Banish, five under par. Did I say five over? That's not what I meant. It's late, five under par. Matt Roll said six under par. The winner tonight, again, 37 on the back 18. Ben Brizzledon, uh, impressive. Impressive. He went 50-49. And again, I'll cover this next week's podcast. Um, Small field, but here's the thing. You know, it, 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 it doesn't matter. When, you know, three over par at Dred Scott is three over par. When Sean Brown's going four over par and you're coming in one stroke under him, you know you did something right. Now, we're going to have a much longer discussion about Dred Scott and what we want our future to be there. Uh, you know, because it's, it's, it's a tricky course. It's a tricky course. And I will talk more about this next week, but it's late and I want to, I want to get this out there. I want to say it. I don't love that we can't warm up on the course. It's, it's bizarre to me as, as, and I, part of me gets it. You know, I, I own a small business. Um, so I get it right. Like if you want to use it, pay for it. But also it's like, I want to go back to this course a bunch, multiple times a year and and it shouldn't be difficult to do that. So I get it in one sense, but I I don't in another. Uh, you know, especially when it's not busy. Um. So I'll leave it at that. The course is a challenge. There's bumps everywhere. 
it uh you know it, the, the some of the holes are 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 crowned if you will um they they told me tonight they're replacing half the carpet um uh, this fall and they're also going to have the carpet so nine holes they're also going to be making a pretty significant tweak to hole five which is the jump hole over the river they're putting a stainless steel uh ramp if you will um quarter pipe not even a half pipe um so we'll see right we're we're gonna play dread scott once a year Part of me really wants to be able to play it more than once a year because it's such a unique and dynamic and interesting and unpredictable course. Uh, you know, considering what we saw tonight, unpredictable should have been the first thing I said that that I want to go back there. But um, but yeah, okay. So let's talk uh, Matt Rolstead, uh, back 18. Again, I, I want to... Actually, before we get to Matt, I want to say one more thing about Josh. And I, I don't know how to say this it this 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 makes sense to me <laughs> hopefully i can make it so it makes sense to you as well sometimes i'll lay in bed at night and i'll think to myself man is it bad for the product that sean and matt are continuing to win right not every event but most of them and then i'm thinking well for Sean and Matt to take the next step, to improve the next step, is going to be much more difficult than, say, Josh Benish taking the next step to get towards Matt and Sean, if that makes sense. The better you get at something, I believe, it gets to a point where you uh, sort of plateau, if you will. Don't get me wrong. Sean and Matt will continue to get better. I know they will. Right? But is Josh going to catch them faster, right? And not necessarily pass them, but catch them, right? Um, and and I think that's the case. What I saw from Josh tonight was a different player than what I'd seen earlier. Maybe it was the all-black that he was wearing. It might have been. Um, I saw somebody who was not faced at all, um, you know, until, you know, I hate to put it this way, until the 18th hole. Right. Uh, but but there were plenty of opportunities where, um, you know, in, the, in that towards the end there, when it was like, oh, could this be where the wheels fall off? Nope. Boom. Slammed a four footer, slammed a six footer right down. Um, so I was really impressed. I don't think this is a flash in the pan. I don't think this is a one time thing. I saw a different golfer tonight from Josh Benish. OK. Matt Rolstead's 37. That score, especially if you only play Dred Scott once a year, is going to hold for a long, long, long time. Let's break it down real quick here. Okay. Um, and let me pull up the, uh, let me pull up the, uh, here. This was not a perfect round, believe it or not. Uh, even Matt mentioned something to me afterwards and, and I, I'm excited to look look at it here. So he goes uh, par on hole one. And my gosh, some of these holes tonight were playing especially difficult. Um, for example, Jamie Kalash went four five on, on hole one today. Uh, Matt Rolstead went two two. So on his, on his record breaking 37, he started out with a par. Then he went birdie, birdie, par, 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 birdie, ace on hole eight. 
Let me pull it up. Uh, hole eight is that kind of that triple, uh, triple hill hole, which I missed. I was just about had that on, on whole, uh, record. I did not. Um, hole six, frustration hill. Uh, he went two and three. Um, he went, uh, again, two on seven, one on eight, two on nine. That's your, uh, over the bridge hole. That's the, that's, uh, an eagle he had there. A birdie on 10. He forward 11. So 11 is the dip hole where it dips and it comes all the way back up. And he went four on that hole. He went two on his front 18 and four on his back 18. Jamie, uh, aced that hole, um, on his front 18. For some reason, I thought it was his back 18 that he did it, but apparently it was, it's his front 18. Um, so I, I might've entered that in wrong, so I'll double check that. I'm pretty sure I got it right. But, uh, so I, I know that's what Matt was thinking is that four on hole 11 at the end. Uh, he left a little bit on there. Um, you know, and, 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 and it was a tricky hole for Dan Wesley. He went five, seven, uh, Sean Brown went two, two. Um, so I, I know, I know Matt, I know he's going to love that 37, but he's going to be thinking about how it could have been a 35. I, I know, I know that's what he's thinking, but he then turned around on, on hole 12. Uh, he aced hole 12, which is not common. Uh, Ben Brizzledon, uh, did do it tonight as well. And I, I know it's happened before. I think, I think Robin Schwartzman has had one as well. And if I missed you, I'm sorry. There's been others. Uh, hole 13. So, so that's an eagle. So we had two eagles, hole nine and hole 12. Hole 13, he birdied. Hole 14, he birdied. Hole 15, he parred. Hole 16, he parred. Hole 17, he parred. And then hole 18, he aced. Um, and we got that on the live stream. Um, so just overall, a spectacular round for Matt Rolstead, a 37. Uh, just, just really, really, really impressive. Um, he came roaring back. We'll cover this more, uh, uh next week. I, I want to leave a little bit for that. Um, but again, I gotta give hats off to Josh, um, who played an absolutely spectacular, uh, rounds, rounds of golf. And, you know, it's going to sound weird, but if you were there, I think you'll understand what I mean when I say sort of deserve to win. Right. And that's sports. He didn't because Matt Rolstead played absolutely out of his mind on the back 18 and and crushed the course record 37. Um, so congratulations to Matt Rolstead. Uh, I, I, I don't mean to take anything away from you. Obviously, I can't take anything away from you. You won the tournament. That's not changing. Um, this is Matt Rolstead's fourth victory in 12 events. I'll tell you what, I have never been more excited. This is the last thing, and I got to get this thing up. I have never been more excited to do player rankings, and here's why. The standings and the MCGs, of course, are... There's no recency bias, if you will. Um, The MCGs are, of course, weighted towards recency, you know, last six months or whatever but no bias there. I guess they're not technically waiting towards recency because after six months, it doesn't even count. Whereas the player rankings are heavily, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I've said this before, heavily towards recency bias. 
especially as we get towards now, this time of year when we're doing one event a month approximately. So I can tell you right now, Josh is going to make a huge jump up the player rankings. Probably not a huge jump up the MCGs, probably not a huge jump up the player standings, but a huge jump up the, 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 the player rankings because of what happened tonight. Then somebody might say, okay, Reed, so if you're going to credit Josh for his round and, you know, being nine strokes clear of Sean Brown, eight strokes clear of, of newcomer Ben Brizzledon, what about the number one spot? Again, I'm sorry, I've got to do it. I've got to bring it up. I've got to bring it up. If we're having a recency bias conversation and I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to Josh Benish on the recency bias, would I not give the same benefit of the doubt to Matt Rolstead? The reason why it's tough is because, so I'm answering my own question, by the way, just because I can't help myself. The reason why it's tough is because it's, there's, it's really difficult. So if Josh jumps, let's say Josh jumps all the way up past Tom Loftus, who's at five, fifth. Could that happen? Maybe we'll see. I don't know. Right. I have to put him above Brady, right? He, he beat him by 25 strokes. I have to put him above Dan Wesley, right? He beat him by 28 strokes. I mean, there's recency bias and there's just, you know, there's just like common sense, right? And those two players are still going to be on the top 10, but how do I have Josh Banish below them after, again, 25 and 28 strokes respectively, right? The reason why I'm very likely going to be unable to justify jumping Matt over Sean is because there's nothing that compares to Sean's domination. Okay. There's it's it's just not the same. Having the conversation about putting Josh above Brady, right, is different. Brady hasn't won in over a year. Does Brady have a better um uh, uh a body of work over the last four months? I don't actually know. I was thinking the answer initially was going to be yes, but I actually don't know if that's the case. I think Dan Wesley does. Dan has a, a champ or a win or back in March. So, but Sean's domination has been so um, exact and stellar that it's it's really 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 difficult i mean last event eagle lake open sean won the event before lilliput open sean won by seven strokes the event before that centennial lakes sean finished fifth right and matt won that so you know it's gonna be fun i can't wait to do it i can't wait to justify it or not justify it um it's kind of the beauty of it right I'll i'll do my best but you may not agree with me so folks tonight was fun I had a blast tonight. Um, and you know, it, it was, it was, it was a little heartbreaking. It was because <laughs> Josh was just played so freaking well. Um, and again, he didn't lose it. I refuse to believe that he lost at this event tonight. Um, Matt just was absolutely on fire. Um, and, and this round is, is going to be, is going to be difficult to beat for a long time coming. So, okay, everybody, uh, thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, we will, I will be announcing our final outdoor event of the year, which will be at Lilliput, uh, towards the end of October. 
October, about a little over a month from now. I'm going to try to avoid MEA weekend, but I'm also going to avoid Halloween weekend as well. Or And also, I, I stay away from Thursday nights because if you know me, you know that I'm uh, a, f- a fanatical football fan. So, um, so th- Thursday nights are going to be out. It'll end up being probably a Wednesday, maybe even a Friday. A Friday could be fun. Friday at Lilliput? Why not? Under the lights, let's go. Thank you, everybody. Have a great weekend.